We lost Hi. you, but you Sorry. came back. Hi. There was a guy following me, and I took out his thing. Hello? Oh, there. Yeah, hey, happens. So, uh, this is a, a thing. Uh, do you know where Saved by the Bell comes from? The euphemism, the cliche? No. So, it comes from the 1700s in England with night watchmen at cemeteries. Because when you'd go to the pub, the glasses were made of lead. So they'd be drinking beer at the pub out of lead glasses, and oftentimes the patrons would die and wouldn't be dead. They'd just have lead poisoning, right? And so they'd bury them, and they had a bell. They had a string that went down into the coffin. Just in case someone woke up, they'd ring the bell, and that's why there were night watchmen in cemeteries. They were saved by the bell. Because people were... They found out that people had died, and they'd been trying to get out of the coffin and scraping their way. There's no way to get out. You're buried underground. You die. You run out of oxygen at some point. So people would wake up out of their potentially lead-poisoned stupor and be saved by the bell. That's horrifying. You know, I, it's, 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 it's horrifying how long it takes to figure out that lead poisoning is actually Yeah, that lead is bad for you. Yeah, yeah. Even until the seventies, they were putting them in toys that were made in China. And like, tanks. let the babies, do, let the babies. Kids play would die. Oh no, no, China, China thing that happened in the two thousands. Mm. My mom, I remember my mom was furious with me because I was like, yeah, that's in, that, well, that's that's China, China. I I, I remember being kind of like, I don't know. I, I also, you know, in China they have this thing called um, um, butter oil, which is cooking oil that they use for on the street, but it's about a tenth um, sewage, raw sewage Ooh. that they cook down and use as cooking oil. Wow. So it's like yeah. petrol. It's like actually dinosaur uh, it's, oil. No, it's poop. It's poop. raw sewage. The thing is, you know, actually, I was talking about this with my friend, and, and, and I was like, you know, I think maybe in my, you know, honestly, I think I was being counterculturally intense about saying that India is a is a dirty country. My friends that have gone there have said, you know, wow, it's very dirty. Sitting in the street, um, there's not a culture of there's not a culture of hygiene there. And I was like, you know, why is that? I said, well, because it's not necessarily that we're unhygienic. It's just that we're more comfortable with germs than we are mosquitoes. And I was like, because oh. they're eating more turmeric. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Also, shit is way more flavorful. You can you can you can't even tell if it has. Did you know that um, in India, until like, in, up until the 70s, they used cow patties as their main source of fuel for cooking food in the kitchen? So, and even... It's not bad. It's not bad. It's no, I mean, it's... I it, but just grass. using it as a fuel, the cow patties, it's got a lot of grass in it, and it, it burns slow, and you can cook food on it. So that was one of the things. Also, they would use uh, cow dung to, this is crazy, wash their floors. So... But it's, mm, it's not that they didn't have actual floors. It was that it's a dirt floor, and the way to clean a dirt floor is to, like, spread cow poop all over it and sweep it off. It's from this cookbook I have from the 60s. That makes no sense It makes no sense. I understand sense. peeing. I understand, like, using urine um, as, like, a cleanser. Like, it's gross to us, but, it, I mean, it is ammonia. It's sterile. Is, like, well, and sterile. they used, um, and, and that's, we've learned a lot of uh, organic farming techniques from especially with Indonesia and things like that for 4,000 years, they hmm. used cow piss as a natural cleaner for pests. 
spider bites and things that you can see. So it's like a 4,000-year-old civilization of technology that can buy the ingredients they need to deal with the weed. And they don't, like, separate the ladies. They've got all of their weed scheduled for girls with all the same disease happening and all that. They use cow piss, like, as a natural pesticide. Yeah, when I was in when I was in treatment, when I was in the desert, our counselor played a prank on us and he was like, You guys know that psychedelic mushrooms grow in cow shit, right? And we're like, What? So we like we're all digging through cow shit and finding like fucking mushrooms and shit like that. It doesn't. Psychedelic mushrooms don't grow in shit. Only the seed in the shit. Aww. That is the worst yeah. prank ever. That's the but worst April Fools. We threw shit at him. One kid threw human shit at him. Yes. He I couldn't change. He couldn't leave for like two more weeks. He had to just. I have to send you. Shit. I have to send you my script. Uh, camp. It's about five campers that go on a desert hike, a desert awakening or something. I can't remember. But um, and see, you could add probably some really great stuff since you actually went through it. I just wrote the story yeah. because a buddy of mine told me that his friends younger sister died in one of these camps uh, Dude, hiking in the desert. Happened. Yeah, I know. And so that's why I wrote this story and it's everybody dies and this guy's like fucking claustrophobic and it, it was just a crazy story. But uh, he read John John Krakauer wrote an amazing uh, article about uh, an indigenous therapy program called Loving Them to Death. Yes. Uh, and yeah, because the people that started them were horribly corrupt. Like the whole point was that they used like the survival as a method to not have to pay for any overhead or resources for these kids, and many of them died. Yeah, like yeah. something like twelve or thirteen. I was put in that shit, and I didn't find out about that until my parents until after I'd gone out of treatment. Yeah. Ridiculous. And it, they just make and they take thousands of dollars from their parents, and they have no resources, and there's not enough water, and they say general. bury your shit and do this. And yeah, so it's incredibly low overhead. It's a you can't you can't trust your son, right? So listen to us, and we'll tell you that he's fucked up and needs to stay here for six months and X amount of thousand dollars per right. month. Listen to us; we're the ones you can trust, not your druggy son. Right, and Don't listen to him when he says we're not feeding him. We're feeding him; he's just lying. And and also that once once the parents have dealt with, it's got to be hard. I, I'm trying to be empathetic on the other side, but when you yeah, have no, a pure parent, parent and you love your child. But they're making so much money. Well, is it that rehab centers? That's the last treatment center has rehab. Huge rehab centers. I mean, rehab centers for it. But then that that goes to other streets and how expensive is it? Is it who do we care? Like that, I have a buddy. I hope that he's still alive. That's why if you're out there, please give me a call. That's something I think about so much. And he got hooked on heroin. Call the police. It's like, I'm not going to call the police on him. Like, what? They're not going to put him into a treatment facility. They're going to put him in jail, and that's not going to help anybody. So, yeah, where are the resources? Works, sometimes it works. Sometimes it's that tough love. Like, oh my God, you cannot count on that as a tough love. Some people, they realize they're like, oh, it's a criminal record. I can't get a job now. Cool. I'll just do heroin full time. Right. Oh. Uh, and, but that's the other thing. When, when you're
their situations unmanageable and the only thing that makes it manageable is you know substance i get it i get it why i'd be like i need this thing my life is unmanageable without this and you can't see how to make your life manageable without the help like there's no if there's no support everyone hates you (laughs) your parents hate you your friends hate you you hate you what the fuck yeah yeah i'm trying i'm trying on a small thing sometimes i do i tell myself like oh my god i hate you and i'm like no 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 stop that diatribe stop saying that there's nothing helpful about me i said and i hate myself there's nothing There is nothing profitable in this thought. So how do we switch them? Right. Well, I mean, when I decided I hated myself, it was easy. Oh. I mean, I, well, I can see, though. I mean, that was recently. That was in Chicago right before I left LA. That was easy. Yeah, you hate the person you become, and if you didn't hate the person you become, you wouldn't You wouldn't wouldn't make the change. change. Yeah, there would be no impetus for growth. You're so young to have experienced so much growth. Have the pigs made oh, it to the pasture? Weird. If you go to Utah, you'll meet a lot of young animals. Really? A lot of young animals. Because in Ogden. Because their their lives are unmanageable because they're afraid to let their yeah they push because everything. People to already them. think you're unsavable because you wear like shorts that are above your knees. You know what? I mean, this thing is gonna make me only a little bit worse in the eyes of these people. I'm already unsalvageable in the eyes of these people. So let me do this unsalvageable thing that makes me feel okay about being unsalvageable. I mean, everybody looks at you with the eyes that your disdainful parents have. Every window is a security camera for the church. And it's the fucking, it's Utah. What else is there to do? You know? Right, then judge other people for their choices. (laughs) Yeah, and fucking get fucked up. And I mean, hey, there's, feels pretty goddamn good, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's a fun way to spend a bastard or a terrible way to spend your life. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not too into opiates. I'm just really lonely, though. I took five years of sobriety to be lonely so that I wouldn't be such a – like, uh, it's – if I wouldn't have taken the five weeks of sobriety before COVID, I, I don't know what would have happened to me. I would be waking up. I wouldn't be as productive as I'm being right now. I definitely wouldn't be so I'm, I'm really right. glad that I got the opportunity to kind of put myself on pause before the world gets put on pause because Absolutely. without those five weeks, I would have been – because I, I love drinking because it negates all of my pain. Like I get to be myself, and I am who I am for five weeks, and I enjoy that. And sometimes I black out, and I don't remember. But when I, when I black out and don't remember, I'm absolved of those memories because I don't remember them. So it, it, it's sort of – and because it gives me an excuse to say, eh, I was drunk. And so – but that I – in for yeah. years, and I realized that that was a fear of just owning my own decisions. So it's right. easier to have an excuse. So drink enough, you have an excuse for any decision you make because you just say, oh, I was so wasted. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. I don't remember. And then when you don't remember it yourself, it absolves so much regret or guilt or any conscience at all because you don't remember – don't remember so that's something that i started working on is like why do i feel the need to not own my choices 
why would I sound weird. I, I really, when I was on heroin, I, 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 I was, my problems are changing. My problems are changing. Because hair, I mean, it takes, it takes like, I just feel like shit. I don't know why I feel like shit. I just feel like shit. I just hate myself all the time. And at the same time, like, I don't hate myself. Like, I love myself. And I'm too egotistical and self-centered, but I also hate myself. It's these weird, nuanced, all these threads that I have to unravel. Well, hey, at least now my only problem is that I do heroin. <laughs> now I can just, now if I just don't do it, then it's fine, you know? So, at least it's tangible. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard also there's so much overt anxiety and identify it the way letting it into my life seems so scary so I'd rather sort of play around in this carcinogenic questionable real world like what is reality what's going on because if I acknowledge this anxiety it might be something I need to work on so I'd rather I didn't even realize I was in the, you know, point of abstinence for three months. Like, two weeks into it. Like, I never thought of myself as an anxious person. I just thought, like, I don't know. I, I never, like, that, that was the weirdest thing. It was like, I, I, I was paranoid for a little bit. I was like, shit, am I anxious? Or did I just, like, do I just think so now because someone's telling me? Am I anxious you know? or do I just play because anxious Because I all on of a sudden just realized it. Like, I just realized it. Like, yeah, I spent, like, a whole lifetime anxious about everything. I just, at this point, I spent so much of my life worrying about everything that I would like to be anxious. So I just don't acknowledge it at all. Because the ignorance triggers it. And if I was to lift the cover, pull back the veil on that anxiety, I feel like it would be so overwhelming that I just can't even imagine. What do you mean lift the cover on it? Like find out what? Well, just right now we're in hugely anxious times. Everything's Masks, things are weird, people on the bus. I'm walking down the street, guys have their shirt off, people are just selling weed openly. There's there's tents everywhere. Who can you trust? Who can't you? The, where is safety? All of that is, for me, under sort of, I've thrown a blanket over my paranoia. Well, that helps. And if I right. lift up the blanket, like, I can't judge oven myself with this much anxiety because it's overwhelming me. What is really happening to me? Like, even starting to wrap my brain about that, it is not going to be productive for anybody. It's just going oh, yeah. to wind me into a, a, an unmanageable state of anxiety because there's no right. way I can control anything that's happening. I don't know when we're going to open things up. When do we get to eat? Like, when do we get to eat in restaurants again? Like, that's the dumbest question, but when do we get to walk around without masks? When do we get to right. freely make decisions for ourselves without enormous fear of dying and I'm not afraid of dying I, I, I've been facing my existential void for years I'm not as scared of dying and yeah, everyone's no. so scared of dying right now why you're not even going to know it you're just going to be dead exactly it's over. you're not even going to realize it you're not going to have anything to regret it's over yeah exactly and, and so I, I think the reason I mean smart people kill themselves at a much higher rate than anybody else and there's a, I mean why I think that is Also, I mean, a lot of heroin addicts are not necessarily intelligent. A lot of them were fucking morons, but a lot of people are very intelligent. And the reason why is because I think they refuse to lie to themselves. They refuse to, like, lead themselves on in a direction that would 
to you. And be helpful. Sometimes you have to lie to yourself. Sometimes the truth is not something that you can handle. Even you, even no matter how intelligent you think you are, even you can't handle the truth. You, you know? can't handle the truth. The truth, the truth that maybe you're not special. The truth that maybe you're not really gifted. The truth that maybe you won't be successful. The truth that maybe the thing you've dedicated your life to is not what you're meant to be doing. You are speaking every internal anxiety that is still all of the time. All of that. That am, is my existence worthwhile? Like, is my It is worthwhile, output. but not because you're gifted. Because you're a human being like everybody else. That's what I had to learn. I know, it's I a mean, very Buddhist idea. celebrities and, and, and the magic of someone being gifted at something and that they're worth following, they're worth caring about because they have this uncanny ability to do something. But, I mean, just because you don't have the uncanny ability to sing doesn't mean that your life is not worth living. And that's what I had to go through. I wanted to be a musician, but I am, I'm not a great singer. I can say words, you know. And it, I want, but I'm not James Blake. James Blake has a fucking, holy shit, you know. Like, like, I used to think that my life would only be worth living if I had a voice like James Blake. That's just fucking not true. If you're not gifted, if your IQ is 80, your, your life is still worth living and just as valuable as James Blake. Because being mediocre means otherwise not being good enough. You'll never be good enough! You'll never be good enough! You won't. No one has ever been good enough. No one in the history of all time has literally ever been good enough. Muhammad conquered the entire Arab world. And he's only one of three major religions. You will never be good enough. Jesus was not good enough to get the world to believe in him. No, you're ne you will never be good enough. So get over it and stop trying. Wow, there's an ex more existential speech from Aaron Atkins. Sorry, I was just, I just finished writing my show today, and I just had to do a whole bunch of poetry because I'm not much of a person. So I'm in the whole articulate how to caption. No, I hey, I completely understand, especially when your Edinburgh show is it going to be Zoom? Are they going to do that? No, instead? it's not going on in 2020. I mean, I don't know. People are saying that live performances are going to come back for like a year and a half, two years, which I think is kind of. I hope not. I mean, I think the Fringe is going to be going on in 2021. They didn't cancel it until like April, May. Oh, I mean, what do you know? I mean, what is even happening? I I can't. I can't even wrap my brain around. And, but it's not, for me, it's this hasn't been difficult. I, to be honest, Mutiny Radio is actually in a better position right now than it ever you has been. You were tweaking out for a second, though. I was, but then, <laughs> that's right. So at the beginning of at the beginning of April, I lost my shit, and enough people came together that we were good until September. And I'm like, what? So that's great. And I, I'm just going to play it day by day and work things out and see... I don't know. Maybe we'll all be dead next week. Who knows? You know what, fam? You know, you know what? I knew we were going to be friends. I knew, I knew that we were going to have some kind of relationship. Because the first time I went up to Mutiny Radio and I bombed my dick off, I remember it being extra painful because I was like, I know I'm supposed to be involved with this thing. <laughs> I was like, I know. Like, I just found myself in a relationship that I am supposed to have. Not even necessarily with you, per se. Just like I was like, this is a, this 
this station, this place is something that I was kind of meant to be at least involved with in some capacity. The fact that I went up there, on my dick off. I need to find, do you remember the date? Because I have all of the podcasts. I want to find the old podcast and listen to it. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as it sounds. It's, it's recorded somewhere. Oh, it's in it's there. It's recorded. it's in. I'm sure it's in fantastic somewhere. I just have to remember the date. I'll play it again. I'll listen to it. I don't it remember. So many people come through this room, though, that I just don't. Not anymore, but they used to. I just I, it's so hard to remember the date. But every uh, the motherfuckers are so needy. Oh. Motherfuckers are such fucking wasps. I can't imagine being so bitter. Some of the people I see on your Facebook that <laughs> think they're so famous. Talking about, I'm gonna catch people. Re- uh, I'm gonna catch Booker and throw him off the pussy. Who are you? Some fucking comic from Berkeley? I've never heard of you. I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah, what the fuck? It's Comedians all... think they're so fucking important. Well, Jesus Christ! It they all goes. A good thing when they got it. It all goes back to the whole idea of who's. Are you big? Are you not big? Who cares? Like I, I, you know, I'm a 45 year old lady. I've been trying. I love stage time. I've been trying to perform since I was born, and. I learned early on that I just might have to create my own stage time. There's no fairy agent that's going to swoop down and scoop anyone out of obscurity and say, you are amazing. So I just started making stage time for myself. and But that's what makes me happy. And people right. recognize it globally, ever, or if even when, like, the girl you said, she's listening, fuck yeah, that's, that's enough for me. There's an audience. I mean, I'm... There's an audience. I'm stage time. I'm all about stage time. And so to say that, Fridays, 7 o'clock, we do a show uh, called Outdoor Comedy. People gather on the street, six feet distance. We've been doing comedy only with the COVID crew who's been here since the festival so that we're not, like, infecting new people. But it's basically Nathan, Sam, Rachel, Warhol, Hunter. I'm coming. Yeah, I'm hey, coming whenever you get back to San Francisco, you have a place to stay. You're uh, You're... If they let you on a plane, you are a hundred percent welcome as long as you're not allergic well, to cats. I'm driving a U-Haul from Mexico. Perfect. Welcome. I'm going. I'm I'm going through Phoenix. I'm going to see my boy Toy. Then I'm Woo! going to L.A. Spend a couple days on the beach. Then I'm going to go north. And, and, and I'm I'm going to do some comedy. And I'm going to just kick it for a week. And then you know what? You know what I got? You know how privileged I am. I got a fifteen hundred dollar flight voucher from American Airlines that expires in like two weeks. What? So I don't know, right? Come yeah, visit. I, I oh, dude, dude, I just come to San Francisco. To come to San Francisco. You have a place to stay. I'm gonna drive to San Francisco. I'm probably gonna go to like I don't know, maybe like Italy or something. Because I, I literally I have to spend it or else it's gonna be going away. Oh, go it's to fifteen hundred dollars. I can't not spend it. Exactly. Well, go know. to go to Greece. Oh my God, go do free yeah, camping in Greece. If you can, and I, I don't spend money on vacation. I just go to. I just get a hostel and I walk around. Yeah, but on on the island of Telos, it's free camping. A lot you can look up Greek islands. They have free camping. All you need is a tent. You can oh even have your tent. Gosh. Amazon. You can have your tent Good Amazon idea. to the bar, so that when you get to the bar, you can say, "Hey, there's something with sentiment," and then your tent is there, and you put it up on the beach. And they have uh, showers and toilets, and it's all free. You don't have. It's not like the United States. You don't have to pay. But I, oh my God, go to Greece. If they let you in, you're gonna go to Greece or Korea. I, I would say you got go, Australia. Well, Australia would be great too. I got homies out there too, so I would go there for free. Yeah. Japan would be like weird. But Japan's so expensive. Hundred bucks. I might never get this opportunity again. Go to go so. to Australia. Go to Australia. Yeah, do it really? next week. Yeah. Oh my god. It's not exotic enough. I want some places like I'm never gonna get fucking in Phuket, you know. 
Then go to Amsterdam. $1,500 to go anywhere. I always said, like, when people say, oh, we're going to go to Burning Man again, and I say, no, if I have $1,500, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> like, what would you, why would you go to the desert? I, I would, but it's still, like, a Western culture, and culturally speaking, so as cool as it would be, like, it's still the first time I went to the place that, like, was an experience that I could never get elsewhere. You know? Yeah. Like, India was my first choice, but that's a, it's not going to get opened up now. Sure. Korea has opened up. Japan might open up in time, but Korea is Go Korea. One of my buddies uh, did teaching, and she went to Korea for two weeks, and she loved it. Loved it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, I, yeah, Korean culture is dope, but I'm also I'm a huge Asian fan. Like, I can go to China, but now is probably the worst possible time. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that you have – if everything falls apart, though, you could get a first-class ticket round trip from New Mexico to San Francisco and stay oh, in my house. Oh, I'm never coming back. But, oh, I see. So when you leave, you're leaving. I was like, you got the yeah, money. Yeah. Go. Yeah. But I'm going home. Then I'm, I mean, I'm going to San Francisco to start driving back there. I got to drop off some stuff that I've been carrying with me. I got to, um, yeah, I mean, I would want to stay with my parents, but it's like, I, they, I just know my mom would, like, get pissed at me for having, like, asthma. So... I, I, maybe it's better not to. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I'd, li I'd like to stay. Like, as I'll long stay as try for like a week or two. You're not allergic to cats, so you're 100% fine uh, at your house. And you have to make sure that you're here over a Friday in the outdoor COVID calm. Absolutely. Where that's, we, a, that's a sure thing. Yeah. That's a sure they're, cause they're, Having them comedy and – Their real audiences – last night was so good. I was so proud of the podcast. Everyone had really good set. I had a really good set. I, had, I And I – so I, I am Everyone did, and every week, and that's the thing is, in the beginning, they were like, why are you giving other people opportunities? I'm like, because I don't want more people to come here because I don't want to be as annoying as the other ones. And I was like, don't you want the stage time? Like, you have the opportunity to be the only ones that are allowed to be here. Why not take advantage of it? Why be all, like, giving at this point? Fucking take it. <laughs> take, take it. it. Yeah. Take people, that's how you know you're, like, in a good position. People complain to you. They think you're all empower stupid shit because of existentialism nothing has meaning we create our own meaning yeah you're nothing right. has meaning well Aaron thank you so much for coming on are we not going to listen to Dilemma by yeah we're going to listen to it right now yeah absolutely we're going to we're going to we're going to close out with that do you have any do you have oh, any yeah. words to say before we turn this song on about um, my name is Aaron Ackman you can follow me on social media at comedy bad boy um www.aaronackman.net um shit Keep in touch with me. Edinburgh show coming this month. Wait, you think the dope? I think Truth or Consequences, the dope ass name for a show. I feel like I'm gonna pop up. Yeah, because you were living in Truth or Consequences. <gasps> when I finished, right? So that's a day, and it's also finished with like a whole treatment system. I had so many. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. This is the last thing I want to do before I leave. I got a list of dope ass like contiguous show names that I want to send by you. You got a poetic mind, so I'd love to hear your. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Show names. Dope ass names. <laughs> is, uh, is weed legal?
Google is Scotland? <laughs> it is not. Uh, <laughs> I was at, but you can drink Hello Yard on your way there. Kind of what I was doing. Yeah, al alcohol uh, is the, it's, it's the devil. Or it, it does it, like the most damage. I would say that, honestly, if you could do um, recreational heroin, it is safer than drinking, being, drinking excessively. But that is, don't quote would me I, on would that. Would I do it? No. <laughs> I absolutely not. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's some names. I'm just going to say them all in order. I want you to go, like, loudness of, you know, of, of your mouth. If mm. it's not good, because I'm just going to say them all now. I'm just going to say them one after another, all right? Mm. So you just got to give me a reaction on this. This is popular one, right? <laughs> I bet you won't do that again. There's always something. I know that. But anyway, how to know everything without learning anything. <laughs> the other shoe. Somewhere else at all times. Trust the pudding, parentheses, with the truth. <laughs> Trust the pudding. Of, <laughs> you like that one? I like that a lot. Because the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> one of my kind. Feathers. All flowers and plants are important. Young sober junkie. As before. As a bear. Bubble underwater. Dependence bed. For that which is yet to come. Now, some of these are just emails. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ashley says she wants you to be your mom. Wait, she, she wants, wants you to be your you mom? To be her mom. That's great. She says you're great. Which one do you like the most? Trust the pudding? Yeah, that's where the proof is. Yeah, absolutely. That, that or truth or consequences? Well, I think that truth or consequences is more personal, and it's and it's the name of a city where you were, and especially if you mentioned something about an adventure movie. I, I don't know what pudding jokes you have, there, or if that's no just standing. a no pudding joke. It's just, a, it's just an emo title, just an ambiguous emo title. <laughs> Yeah, it's Bug Out Square. It's uh, it's not Tuesday, and it's but it is six o'clock. I'm doing this ahead of time because I, I have a commitment that I need to fulfill to uh, ensure that um, I keep a roof over my head. Seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that? Vigilante man, I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bughouse Square, yeah, I'm, uh, what is a uh, you know, I got, jeez, uh, Sean, what do you got? What do you got for us? Um, well, I got some new contributors, couple, couple new ones, and uh, I'm at home now, and uh, I, I, things are kind of shaking up around here, uh, around the house. So I, I, I grabbed the fistful of records and. Uh, well, I may grab some more, but we're going to make it through this, and um, and it's going to be good. Man come along and he chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. 
sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that, a vigilante man. Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
Square, I'm at the house. That's right, right out of the box, man. I'm letting you know where I'm at. Not at 21st in Florida in beautiful mission. No, not at all. In the deep, dark Bayview. Best neighborhood in town. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Buckhouse Square, I'm, uh, I don't know. I got records. I'm, I'm in my room, surrounded, not surrounded by records, flanked. Is that different? I don't know my military terms, but uh, there's a bunch of records laying around here. I picked some. And I'm sticking with those. I may have to augment, but I'm uh, I'm sticking to my guns here. So I hope uh, things are okay uh, for most of you. And uh, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Come along and chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place Man come along and we give him a little race Was that a vigilante man? 
preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river, some strange man was that, a vigilante man. Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
pretty low Like you might surrender to some dragon in your dreams Give me your dirty love Like a pink donation to the dragon in your dreams I don't need your sweet devotion And I don't want your cheap emotion Whip me up some dragon lotion for your dirty love Your dirty love Give me Your dirty love Like some tacky little pamphlet In your daddy's bottom drawer Give me Your dirty love I don't believe you've never seen his book before I don't need no consolation I don't want your reservation I only got one destination And that's your dirty love
Jennifer She hides her baby
optimistic about the way that things are going. As a feeling human being With your bachelor of arts Help you get by I hope to study further A few more years or so I also hope to keep a steady high yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you try to change things Use the power that you have Power of a million new ideas 
make it happen. We can make it happen. Yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessmen, they drink my wine Plowmen dig my earth None of them 
thief he kindly spoke There are many here among us Who feel that life is but a joke But you and I, we've been through that And this is not our fate So let us not talk falsely now The hour is getting late
I can't show my face Can't go any place People stop and stare It's so hard to bear Everybody knows you left me It's the talk of the town Every time we meet My heart skips a beat We don't stop to speak Though it's just a week Everybody knows you left me It's the talk of the town We sent out invitations to friends and relations Announcing our wedding day Friends and our relations gave congratulations How can I face them? What can I say? Let's make up, sweetheart. We can't stay apart. Don't let foolish pride keep you from my side. How can love like ours be end? It's the talk of the town Send out invitations to friends and relations Announcing our wedding day Friends and relations gave congratulations How can I face them? What can I say? Let's make up, sweetheart We can't stay apart Don't let foolish pride Keep you from my side How can love like ours be ended? It's the talk of the town I used to be Irish Catholic, now I'm an American, you know, you grow I was from one of those Irish neighborhoods in New York, one of those kind of uh, parish schools. It wasn't typical. It was Corpus Christi was the name of it. It could have been any Catholic church, right? Our Lady of Great Agony. St. <laughs> Rita Moreno. Our Lady of Perpetual Motion. What's the difference? What's the cause? You know. 
The church part and the neighborhood part were typical, but the school was not. It wasn't one of those old-fashioned parish kind of prison schools with a lot of corporal punishment and systemary discipline with the steel ruler, right? <laughs> You'd fall two years behind in penmanship, right? Well, he's behind in penmanship, Mrs. Carlin. I don't know why. Well, he's crippled. He's trying to learn to write with his left hand. You know? We didn't have that. We got somehow. I got lucky. You know, got into a, a school where the pastor was uh, kind of into John Dewey and progressive education, and he talked the parish, uh, talked the diocese rather, into. Uh, into experimenting in our parish with progressive education and whipping the religion on us anyway and see what would happen with the two of them there. And uh, worked out kind of nice. There was a lot of classroom freedom. There was no, uh, for instance, there were no grades or marks, you know, no report cards to sweat out or any of that. Uh, there were no uniforms. There were no, there's no sexual segregation, boys and girls together. And the desks weren't all nailed down in a row, you know. They were movable desks and you had new friends every month. It was nice, like I say, a lot of classroom freedom. In fact, there was so much freedom that by eighth grade, many of us had lost the faith. Because <laughs> they made questioners out of us, and uh, they really didn't have any answers, you know. They'd fall back on, well, it's a mystery. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father.
stars come out at night While the poor people sleeping with the shade on the light While the poor people sleeping all the stars come out at night Come at it now. 